Hey everybody, this is Curtis Lane. You know that this week's episode is brought to you by Hinge. Hinge is the dating app that is designed to be deleted. What you have to do is download the app, find love, and then delete the app. It really is that simple. You may be trying other dating apps, but Hinge allows people to provide feedback on their dates in a way that will let you know maybe if there's a diamond in the rough. Don't take our word for it. Download it today and give it a try. I'm sure you'll find much success. Thank you and have a great day. She won't get married because she's never been in love. Andy's really hot. And don't get me wrong, you're cute too, but Andy is like cut from Marvel. He's gorgeous. He's like this beautiful face and this incredible body. And I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame. For a lot of people, love isn't just a slogan. And if he hits you again, you tell me. I'd be forced to knock his teeth off. I don't think that would be such a good idea. He's big. I'm sorry. It's written into my character to do it, so I do it. What do you mean love? You mean a big lightning bolt to the heart where you can't eat and you can't work and you just run off and get married and make babies. Wait, wait, wait. Don't leave. Don't leave, please. I could use your help. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. Have you been single for far too long? Are you out of touch with the dating game? Regardless of your plight, we're here to help. Put your hands together for the crew of the Nerds in Love podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nerds in Love podcast, or honestly, welcome for the first time, because there's many new listeners. So, uh, I'm Curtis, the host, because you know what, I think we assume that everyone just knows who we are, but yeah, I'm Curtis, I'm the host, and then with me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. Aside from everything being on fire and five hurricanes and pandemic, everything's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we were saying this is just probably like 2020 has been a shit year but this has been a shit week particularly so i think everyone's ready for the weekend yeah i mean 2020 said basically hold my beer you know i mean this year has been if you're having a rough 2020 i think you can speak for probably everybody <laughs> yeah 2020 has been off the rails so it's been, it's been a thing where everyone's like well, 2020 sucks, and then the person chimes in, and it's like, well, my 2020 sucks even more, here's why. And it just keeps escalating until, you know... Right, and you're like, well, you're not wrong. Yeah. Until, so. like, Baron Trump's like, oh, I gotta live with my dad, so, you know, like, I got you all beat. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Trump jokes, gotta love them. Uh, well, so, oh, so now I'm wondering, now that we've gained all these subscribers, mm-hmm. how do, what do we do about our or Trump comments. You know mm. what? Maybe I would like to believe that most of these listeners are democratic or at least centrist, or at the very oh, least yeah. appreciate humor. Yeah. We'll just go with that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I don't know. Maybe Trump's doing some good things. I don't really pay attention to be honest, but I just got to imagine. Can you imagine being that dude's son? Like that would just suck. You, you would yeah. just, have to go to school. I don't think he probably goes to school. He probably just gets like homeschooled or something. But like, 
you know, he probably gets like teased. They're probably like, dude, did you see what your dad did? He like pissed off a whole country. Like, I would think to be the the child of a narcissist is just difficult anyway, yeah. you know. But then you got a narcissist on a grand scale. I guess I should mention I wrote a book called Gaslighting um, about narcissists, um, and there's a whole chapter on when your parents are narcissist, and that's I wish that upon no one. I mean, that's a no-win situation. Yeah. So. Well, it is what it is. Um, so anyways, yeah, this is uh, Nerds in Love. We do dating advice on the show. Plus, we sometimes make Trump jokes. So, you know what? you got to take the good with the bad. Uh, this podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, just in case you're aware. Because I'm pretty sure if you go in for proper mental health treatment, they wouldn't be cracking Trump jokes. That would probably be like some kind of no-no. Um, but Wait, what? Say that again? I was going to say, if you went for like proper mental health treatment, I'm pretty sure they would not be allowed to make Trump jokes. No, I, I think humor is a really important part of therapy. Um, and so, yeah, like sometimes, I mean, I won't come out with a joke, but, um, you know, I, I think it's, I think sometimes you just, just got to laugh about how nuts everything is now. Yeah, um, true. So, I mean, people have, people have made Trump jokes to me in therapy. I mean, especially because they've, like, you know, like my USA Today editorial that I wrote about, you know, people, that the U.S. is an abusive relationship with Trump. Uh-huh. Uh, I think a lot of people already know that they can make those kind of jokes because it gets to the point where I think humor is a really cathartic way of dealing with kind of shitstorm that's 2020. So, yeah, yeah sure. so your therapist can actually have a sense of humor. So I'll just say that. Um, but anyways, we're, we're not here to talk about Trump all day long, but, uh, let's answer some emails. Rob says, nerds, I was on a date. I went to kiss a girl, but she recoiled. I would be normally embarrassed, but this was in lineup for a restaurant. Yes, it was socially distant and at least 10 people saw me. How do you avoid this? Do you ask first, Rob, 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 first off. I think we've talked before about uh, sort of testing the waters in terms of social or physical intimacy, which I would consider kissing physical intimacy. I think some people may try to find a way to basically separate from that, but I think it is included in that. You're in somebody's double. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some people, I guess, I think some people will say, well, that's not, I argue it is. Uh, And just like with any physical intimacy, you have to build up to it. Some light touch, like a light pat on the shoulder or like, you know, like holding their arm, like just touching their arm or something like something that's very non-invasive, but also sort of gives them a room. If they're not really feeling it to say, hey, no, back off. And if they don't and they say, hey, you know, that's nice, you know, hey, cutie or whatever, then you're good to kind of proceed and try different things. Obviously, you know, when it gets to be more like sexual, make sure you're getting consent and all that. But uh I think when it comes to the kissing thing, I think you just jumped the gun, man. I think you were in line and you were, I don't know, like, ready for some pizza or waffles or I don't know, whatever you guys were going for. And you just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for this. Uh, And I think it's just a case of not reading the room. And, you know, it happens to all of us at one point or another. So I wouldn't be Mm -hmm. too worried about it. No, and, and I'd say, too, that maybe this is somebody that doesn't like public displays of affection. Everybody's got different limits with that. Some yeah. people are totally good with it. Some people are like, I don't want to hold hands in public. And it's not right or wrong. It just kind of is. Uh, also, it might be that, you know, in, in, you know, the era we're living in right now with the pandemic, 
any kind of physical closeness can throw other people off because we've now been kind of conditioned to, to space out, you know? Yeah. And so when you are kissing somebody, that's not what everybody's used to at this point. You know, in the before time, I call it, that would not be a big thing. Even though you guys, you know, are you know, dating or whatever, it's, you know, but in the before time, people wouldn't have noticed. Now, when you do it, people may, may they may recoil because they're like, you guys are in each other's face. Yeah. Because now we're in a whole new way of doing stuff. So, yeah, I, I think this is going to happen on dates. But, yeah, you got, I think the way that the cursor to read the room, I think that's true. Yeah. And, and she recoiled. Well, you know, we don't really know why unless you have a talk with her about it. Yeah. Now, maybe that you're like, yeah, that's kind of awkward, but that's the only way you'd really know kind of what went wrong. Now, if you if you want to be super brave and say, hey, I, I know I kind of messed up, but I want to know kind of what I could do to improve. I mean, that's a pretty brave thing to do. It depends on how the date ended. Yeah. Uh, yeah but that's something that you, you can learn from this. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I can see where that would be really awkward for a lot of people to do. So uh, how do you avoid it? I would say at this point, I wouldn't really be going kissing people in public just because, again, in the before time, not a big deal. Now, people have been conditioned to to distance each other. So so yeah. you're going to see people that kind of go, uh-oh. Uh, so do you ask for, I mean, I mean, yeah, that would be great. It kind of takes some of the spontaneity out. But if you say, you know, can I kiss you? Some people prefer that. Okay. So... Also, too, when you're going for a kiss, you should probably, like, try to get a little close first. Not just go in for a kiss, but sort of, like, ease into it. You know? Yeah, like, there's a finesse to it. Like, you got to be subtle. And also, I would say first kiss, do it somewhere private. Yeah. I think there's a certain romanticism to, like, doing it in private. That's sort of why, like, when you're kissing somebody, it's good to do it, like, yeah, away from public eyes. I'm guessing, too, like, if you're in the lineup for a restaurant, you've probably met shortly before. So this is probably not at the end of the date or anything like mm -hmm. that. It's just kind of an awkward time. And I, you know what? I'm guessing you're young. I'm guessing you're probably excited. I'm guessing she's cute. You just got caught up in the moment. And I think it happens to, again, a lot of people. You just got to learn to read the room and just kind of play you know when they lean forward you or they lean back you lean forward you know like that sort of like symmetric symmetrical nature to the relationship and it takes a little bit of getting used to and i would even say this if you're not the necessarily kind of feeling that symmetry it's a pretty like usually good sign that there's something kind of fundamentally different about the two of you that might make a relationship difficult because mm -hmm. i'll tell yeah. you this if you find somebody that like you sort of just get into that sym symmetry right away. It just flows, right? And, like, mm -hmm. I think if you going for this kiss in a lineup and her recoil tells me that you guys were both not on the same wavelength. And I'm guessing you're on the wavelength of, I think this girl's adorable and I want to kiss her. And you realize, no, she's more so in the other opposite direction of, why is this creepy guy who probably is sick trying to kiss me? That's where you get your issue. Aww. I mean, I'm just saying it as it is, you know. I'm, right, right. I'm not saying this as a negative because that's just how she's be perceiving things, right? So I'm just yeah. gonna, I'm gonna say I would leave it be. Just just move on. If she mm -hmm. says, Hey, let's hang out again, sure. You can even say, Hey, if you ever wanna get hang out again, let me know. But just leave it at that if you're gonna try that. But I wouldn't 
I wouldn't expect that. It's just, there. it sounds like you two were sort of on different wavelengths, and I can get being nervous, and I get there being some clumsiness, but, like, still on some fundamental level, you guys should have some sort of compatibility and some symmetry to mm-hmm. what you're doing, so. Yeah, yeah, and, and we talk about, too, on um, previous episodes that, and hey, new listeners, check out our previous episodes because we have a lot of really good emails people ask us. Uh, that we've talked about how rejection or just feeling like things didn't go well is just a natural part of dating, kind of unfortunately, especially like during because uh, the on the since the advent of online dating, there's more potential of you know kind of not connecting with people and people kind of moving on to the next person. That's just the nature of how online dating set up. So mm-hmm. um, you're going to have situations where you make a, a bad call or you feel like you didn't do something right. And I think that's where communication is key. But again, I can see also it's, it's really awkward to call somebody you have one, one day with and go, Hey, can we talk about, you know, what I need to do to improve or whatever? So, I mean, if you do that, you know, good for you. I mean, I would know who you're calling though and make sure that it didn't end on a, on a note where they, they're you're pretty sure they didn't want you to contact. Yeah. Uh, but I would just say, you know what, this stuff happens. And as you date, Rob, you're going to learn more and more, you know, what those cues are. Yeah. So go, go a little bit easy on yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I'm like I said, I'm guessing you're probably relatively young, you know, like it's, it's a, it's an excitement factor. I mean, I think yeah. everyone, everyone's there at a certain point. Uh, I think you just sort yeah. of, you realize that sometimes yeah, it's good to be spontaneous, but it's also good to maybe, yeah, just kind of go with the flow of things. When you're trying to court somebody, it's better to go with the flow of things rather than to try to go your flow and they go theirs. That's when you get mm-hmm. sort of this mishmash of thoughts and ideas. So. Right. right. But alas, let's read Janine's email. Or did you want to read okay. Janine's email? Sure. Janine says, nerds, I've been dating this guy for two months, but he's just not my type. I know it took me a while to realize this, and that sucks, but it is what it is. Thing is, though, he's an emotionally vulnerable and generally very expressive guy, so I know the breakup will be, well, emotional. Any advice on on how to pull off the band-aid quick and painlessly, Janine? Janine, I I get that you want to make this as painless as possible, but you're also not responsible for his behavior. So I just want to be really clear about the boundaries of this, that sometimes ending stuff just is hard and there are going to be some hard feelings. Uh, so I would say that, you know, there's a way to do it. That's, that's civil and, and nice, but you also have to be firm and say, this is it, that you know, it, it, sometimes if you say, Oh, well, you know, there's a chance in the future or whatever, just to make somebody feel better, avoid doing that because it gives people a little hope. Mm-hmm. And it can kind of mislead people. So, yeah, he may get upset. Now, if he says something like, I'm going to kill myself, then you call for help. Uh, but you're going to have situations where you're going to have to break bad news to people. And it's and you're going to hurt people's feelings. And that's part of dating, unfortunately, and breaking up. So I think sometimes people get into a pattern of, they don't break up with someone because they don't want to have that that kind of rough interaction with someone. And pe- we just don't like hurting people. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you know that that it's time to end this. And we've talked 
several times about how you don't really need a reason to end a relationship. You can just end it because it just isn't working. Um, so you could just say, you know, I just don't think this is going to work. Uh, I think it's better if we just end our relationship. And it, I would do it in a, you usually want to do it in a place that doesn't have a lot of weight to the person. You know what I mean? Like it's not a sentimental place to the person. You don't want to do it on their birthday. I mean, that's just the standard. I mean, I think I write about this in one of my books about how to do a breakup where it's, where it, there's the least amount of damage done. Um, and I mean damage, like people are going to be upset. So, but Jenny, I think the tricky part is when we avoid doing stuff that we need to do because we don't want to have the other person feel bad because what we wind up doing is sacrificing part of our well-being to make the other person feel better. And I think that's the bigger issue. So how, how to pull off the bandy quick and painlessly, just say this, this isn't going to work out. And I think we should stop seeing each other. And I just don't think that this is going to go anywhere. And I'd be pretty clear about it. But you can also be nice. We have to be brutally honest, but you can be honest and nice about it. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, this may be controversial, but I think a breakup text is probably the best way. Um, Ooh, we went for the text. Yeah. So tell me why text instead of seeing a person. If this was a longer term relationship and there was bigger investment, I would say, yeah, break up in person. You've only been dating for, what is it, two months? Uh, that's not a relatively long period of time in terms of a relationship. Uh, I think, you know, the more that you sort of set this person up to be broken up, you know, maybe having them come over to your place or you go over to their place or something like this, you just sort of create these situations where you're sort of raising the situation up and you're sort of going to just, you're sort of setting it up where if things don't go well, it's just, you're sort of just building up possible anxiety. Like if you say, hey, come over to my place, let's chat. You know, this person's going to start building up anxiety and they're going to start thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? But what about a phone call and not a text? I, I, I think... I think the phone call, I think a phone call sort of runs the risk that it just won't end. Like the person, especially with somebody like this, it may just keep going and going and going. And you just may find it's not quite as clear cut and dry. And in, in a case like this, where it's a relatively short time together, I would just send a text. Uh, I, I don't think that the texting method works for every breakup. I think if you're together for some time, you owe it to the person to be respectful and let them know uh, in a case like this, like, I mean, you don't ghost whatever you do, but you should at least let them know. But I would let them know in a way that is clear and concise and is just to the point. Um, and it's, it's going to hurt. Like, no, no matter what, like, if this person's going to receive that text, they're going to just hate it. But one thing you can do is maybe get, just suggest to them, like, at the end of your text, just say, I recommend you delete this and just move on with your life. Because a lot of times... Ooh, that's harsh. Wow. But but people oftentimes hold on to text and reread it to sort of think, what did I do wrong? Blah, 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 blah. Just tell this person, like, no, there's nothing you did wrong. Or you just or you just don't answer the text. Or you block their number. I would... Yeah, you could. I would just tell... I think for the other person's closure, it's good to just say, I think it's time... I think it's time you delete the text thread so you don't dwell on it and you move on. You don't you're saying to, you should do that right after you break up with them? Like like at the end of the text message. Like just keep it clear and concise and to the point. Just say, hey, I th you know, I 
my feelings for you have changed. I'm not quite as invested in, you know, our relationship as I once was, something like that. And then just at the end say, I think it's good for both of us to move on. And then maybe you can just say, hey, if I can make a suggestion, I would recommend that you delete the text thread so you don't dwell on it and just move on. You don't have to do yeah, that. But I, yeah. I think it's good, that, though, because it's sort well, of... I mean, yeah, oh, I mean, ahead. I get the, I get, I get the, I get the point of it. Yeah. I think that I might add more injury that might not necessarily be there. I think if the person continues to contact you, but I think it by doing that, I can see in some situations where, where it would be helpful. I think in other situations, it might actually provoke more of a discussion, and that's why I would say, you know, just don't answer the text or block the number. Um, I would also say give them a call, even if it's been two months, because as humans, we're going to have to deal with telling people stuff that we don't want to tell them. And when you do it by text, you kind of take that experience away from yourself, which I think is something that we really need to learn, whether it's a breakup after two months, or you have to fire somebody, or you have to do something that you don't want to tell somebody to do. If you don't have this life experience, it, it's harder to do that as you get older. So I, calling, unless you unless you feel like you're in danger, and then that's a whole nother thing that we can talk about but i think a phone call is you know, you're dealing with somebody's feelings and i think that you know, we're gonna have to tell people stuff that that's not gonna make them feel good sometimes and i think by not doing that again i think you're you're kind of not having that experience that humans are gonna have so it's better to have that experience now and get used to the fact that you're gonna have to do stuff that people aren't gonna agree with I think a text, you don't get that same kind of responsibility. Um, and and I think to say to delete the text, yeah, I get where that could be. That could also, that kind of puts it into a, we talk about like um, relationships, like you want to have like an adult to an adult relationship, which means that you don't tell the other person what to do. They don't boss you around. You don't boss them around. You know, you have like equal egalitarian. And I think when you send that text, saying, I recommend you just delete this, it kind of puts it into a, you're telling them what to do. And I could see where some people that could possibly trigger them um, into getting really upset. Now, I'm not saying that you should just avoid doing stuff because somebody's going to get upset. But I also think that probably just not answering their text and blocking their phone number is a way to do that without suggesting something to them. Because they probably don't want to get any suggestions from you right now. Yeah, I mean, so, that's true. I, I just think it it's a situational thing. It's not, I'm not saying this yeah. is going to work for every situation, but I'm saying if you think that it might help the person, yeah, sure, maybe mention something like that. But I get the intent, but you got, like, you know, you got to know your crowd. Yeah. Like you not, said before. You know, we were talking before about reading the room. I think it's that's what it boils down to is reading. If you think that this will help this person, like if they're kind of the sort of person that will dwell on things, it might help. But you got to read the room and know if it's going to... And we don't know if it's going to work in this particular case, but I just thought I'd throw it out there as an idea if you think it will work. And obviously you want to consider it before you just throw it out there. But mm -hmm. um, I would say too, like, if you're going to send a breakup text, make sure you do it at a time where you know they're not either at work or doing something that they normally do. Like, safe time would be like, if you know they're at home, just send them the text then. Don't just send it, you know, 9 a.m. on a Monday morning when they're in the middle of work, right? Like, you got to sort you you know their schedule, at least to some degree at, at a certain point. Send it at a time that's not going to 
overly disrupt their day. Um, you know, because it, it's going to be a grieving process and they're going to get hit by emotions. But I think if you do it at a time when they're at home in private, it'll at least be a little bit more of a private affair for them. They won't be, you know, at work having to deal with those emotions. So. Yeah, be tactful, but be firm. But I think it's a generational thing too. I think a lot of people like mm-hmm. my age will definitely do more of the breakup text thing just because sure. it's clear, concise, and to the point. Plus a lot of people, like generationally speaking, will text more than call. I can't even remember the last time a friend called me. So I think even if I get a call from somebody nowadays, I'm like, well, so I, I think it's a generational thing. And I, But I would say like, I, I think texting can be, have its benefits in that it's, mm-hmm. you can, Write it out. You could think of what you want to say and say it in a clear and concise manner. And it's delivered in a way where it can't be misinterpreted. I mean, I guess it could be misinterpreted, but like if you said, if you write it carefully and thoughtfully, it'll get, you know, received uh, the right way. And you can kind of think about how is this going to get read? How is this going to, you know, you can think of all these things basically before you said, whereas if you call them or talk to them in public, you might get caught up in emotions. You might say things you might regret. Like, I think we've all been in relationships where it ends and people start kind of getting nasty and saying things that maybe they don't mean because they're caught up in emotions. You sort of avoid all that just by writing something that, you know, you can kind of think carefully before you send. There's a bit of a benefit to that, to texting that you just don't get with other mediums. And I don't think you can necessarily do that again in a longer term relationship. But in a shorter one, I think you have the benefit of being able to do that, uh, I don't know what the cutoff point would be, uh, but I, I would say I think for two months, I I, I vote for just sending him a text. But I think it depends on on how intimate your relationship was, like not sexual intimacy, but but emotional intimacy. Yeah. You know, how much time did you spend together? Uh, was this something that you were automatically just completely connected, yeah. and you spent every waking minute together? You know, I think that's a little different. And and I think probably for new listeners, just to let everybody know, I think. Kurt, you're you're a millennial, right? I'm trying to think of your age range, and and I'm Generation X. So, I think my you know, the dating experiences that of my generation. Wow, that makes me sound really old. <laughs> so that's the first time I actually ever said my generation. Um, so, yeah, I think you're more likely to call. I think probably Kurt, like you said, your generation is more likely to text because that's the preferred modality. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it kind of, it's, I think that when you text though, I think you take out again, like you, your personal impact on someone else. And it's important to get that feedback, I think in real time to, to see how your behavior impacts other people. Cause I think sometimes when you send a text, you kind of wash your hands of it and you don't have to consider what the other person is feeling and i think that's a that's a slippery slope to fall down but i also understand too if that's generationally the preferred communication then that's what it is yeah but i'd also really consider how your text is being received on the other end and again you can be honest with someone without being brutally honest yeah cool all right uh let's read craig's email Craig says, nerds, for context, I started dating a girl. I'll refer to her as C. Uh, back in... Oh, no. I think I'm reading the wrong one. I was reading the wrong one. Oops. Uh, Craig says, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been dating this girl for five months, and we are both transplants on the West Coast from the East Coast. 
due to COVID-19, it's unlikely that either of us will be going back home to visit our families in November for Thanksgiving or Christmas in December. I suggested a month ago that we rent a cabin and we just do our own thing. At first she was really enthusiastic, but then started the negativity. She kept saying stuff like, it'll be fun if we're still together. Even now I'm, I'm making some plans for things to do. And she always answers, but then adds some negativity about us breaking up or not being together. It really bothers me on a lot of levels. For one, I'm not certain she's invested in the relationship anymore. If she decides that she wants to end the relationship, I'll be out of the deposit for the trip. I'm not sure what to do. Any advice, Craig? Craig, this is a tough one because I think sometimes some people maybe make jokes to sort of ease in a situation. So it's hard to tell if this is just humor or if there's some genuine negativity going on here. Um, I think for a lot of times, you know, people just sort of when sometimes when people get pressed with like making big decisions, especially when it comes to something like Christmas, where maybe you're used to doing things with family and you're changing things that can maybe put a bit of a stress and maybe this is just a, her way of sort of addressing the stress is by making these jokes. So that's one option. Uh, and if that's the case, I would, you know, maybe wonder, you know, yeah, is, is this just a joke? And if so, like maybe she's just trying to, you know, kind of ease herself into this or find a way to make herself comfortable. There is the alternative though, that yeah, she is unsure of things and that could also result in the same thing too. I mean, your base, you know, depending on what she does for Christmas every year, you, you know, this is uh, going to be a Christmas that's going to be different for a lot of people. People who travel across the country to go visit their families for Christmas are likely not going to be able to this year. So it's it's a tough sort of situation for many. And I suppose in a lot of ways, anytime for a lot of people we change tradition, it can create a lot of stress. Um I think maybe what would be a good reassurance if, you know, this is the case is to maybe just let her know, like, hey, you know, when things sort of, you know, get back to normal, whenever that is, you can make an effort to maybe go out and go spend time with her family and your family and whatnot. You know, maybe just let her know, like, hey, you know, yeah, this is just temporary when things kind of get back to normal, whenever that is, uh, you know, you'll make an effort to go do these things. I think that might go a long way to say this is not replacing what Christmas is. This is just sort of our way to keep ourselves, you know, busy and happy during the holidays when otherwise there may not be much else to do. And we may be just sitting around and moping because we're not spending time with family. So, mm -hmm. um, and, at the, and there's also the third option that, you know, she really does sincerely think there's issues with the relationship. And if that's the case, just communicate with her. Just say, hey, I'm kind of a little maybe worried that there's some that you have some concerns about this relationship. And maybe we can just talk about that and see what's going on. Um, and I, I have a sneaking suspicion that if you really were having issues with the relationship, she would just say, let's not go on this trip or something like that. I don't feel like you would be progressing on planning this trip if there were truly a lot, some major issues in the relationship. I don't know for sure. I'm just thinking out loud that, like, there you don't keep pl making plans with somebody if you really think there's some major issues. But it might be good to raise that question just because you do seem to have some genuine concerns and it might be good to raise them and find out for sure. Uh, but there's a few different ways this can go. Like I said, it could be a joke. It could just be stress from a change in tradition it might just be because there's actual issues in the relationship but like with a lot of emails we get i think it starts with communication you just gotta ask her what's going on and go from there what do you think steph right i communication 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 yeah 
So, you know, I, I know when you say that, I'm not sure if you're joking or, or if you're having concerns about us. I think that's a good way to address it. Or you could even say, I think I'm kind of a fan of saying, hey, this is really awkward to talk to you about, but here's my question. I think when you phrase it with, this is awkward, I think it kind of gets that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, but I, my first reaction was is that she just wants verification that you're serious about her. I mean, obviously planning a trip mm-hmm. is, means you're serious, um, or you're at least looking into this longer term. Uh, but she may just need some reassurance. You know, like like Chris said, we're all kind of dealing with this new normal. Um, that you know, the holidays are going to be markedly different for a lot of us. Um, so maybe that you know, she's just feeling kind of like things are changing way too fast. Uh, a lot of people are under a lot of chronic stress right now because we were we're existing during a pandemic and during natural disasters and everything else. So. It may be that, again, she just needs reassurance. But this is something where, where you're not going to know unless you ask her. And that also means on your part that you have to be open to hearing what she has to say, which can be tricky, too, because you may hear stuff that you don't want to hear. But I would say, you know what, if she decides, if you if you say to her, hey, this is awkward, but I want to know what's going on, and you mentioned this, and I don't know if you're serious or not, um, I would say that if she decides that she doesn't want to do it anymore, just go on the trip on your own. Yeah. Invite yeah. a friend. Yeah. And also, too, I, if there is a lot of doubt, you can also just sort of plan this trip for yourself. And I mean, if she comes, she comes, and you sort of make make accommodations. But maybe it might be better mentally for you to just sort of think, this is my trip, and if she comes, she's coming along. If not, you could still enjoy it yourself. So, or maybe she's, she would be more comfortable with that. Yeah. That's maybe good. Maybe she wants you to just do your own thing, and then... You know, if she wants to go, she can go. I mean, maybe it's a little scary for her. Not, I mean, you know what I mean? Like scary, like commitment scary. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we don't know if she's, maybe she's never been on a trip with a partner before. Yeah. We don't know. So again, you know, communication, but it means also listening what the person has to say. And that can be a little scary sometimes. Yeah. Okay. But at least you know, right? So at least you know. At least you know. Okay. Uh, do you want to read Alex's email? Sure. Alex says, uh, for context, I, was, I started dating a girl I referred to as C back in February. We dated for four months until she broke up with me. It was a host of issues, not just one. She was financially struggling. She didn't enjoy her time together. She didn't like my friends and family, and she said she didn't see a future with me, so we broke up. I joined online dating, and I was having fun. I then met another girl referred to as A. A is beautiful, has a young son, who after dating for three months, I've met. We have a wonderful balance of sensuality and romance. Honestly, it's the best relationship I've been in. Well, things get complicated and that C messaged me asking to get back together. I told her I was dating someone else, A, and she kept telling me about how she missed what we did. How no guy treated her as well as I did, that no guy took her on adventures like I did, and how no guy cared for her like I did. This really got to me and I started thinking about the good times we've had. Is it awful that I want to give C another shot? A and I have something great, but that could always fizzle out. C gets me and knows enough about me that I think she'll be a better partner this time. Yet A is so wonderful in many ways. I'm conflicted. Really can use some advice. Alex, as a therapist has practiced for, oh, 20 years, I I can tell you what the road is going to look like with C. You will have the same issues that you had when you broke up the first time. That's what I've seen over and over again. And when you tell someone, hey, I'm dating somebody, but they don't back off and they push you even further, that's a red flag. It's also a red flag that you're looking at possibly as, you know, it sounds like you're having some fear of missing out. 
And, you know, the grass isn't always greener. But my guess is, is that C probably has a little less boundaries, healthy boundaries, than A, and C probably is maybe a little more exciting. But the flip side of that is instability. So I don't think it's worth it. Now, you may want to look at, are you missing something with A that you see in C? And maybe your relationship with A isn't as great as you, as you may have previously thought it was. But I wouldn't end it just because the C person is is trying to get back together with you again uh the fact that they did not respect the boundary you're saying that you're dating someone and kept telling us she missed you we need to look at what people's actions are not what their words are because yeah it feels really good to have someone tell you that no one else has maybe feel like you do but that's also a huge red flag whenever someone says uh, you're the best relationship i've been in you know this is the best person I've ever i've ever been with and you know you you no other man has ever done this for me or blah blah. blah. That's a red flag. That's a big red flag. So uh, my guess is that you're you're being kind of lured in through words, but I'm not sure if the actions are going to change based on you know the issues that you have because like you said you have a host of issues. You had several issues. I mean, not liking your friends and family is big. It's huge. Um, and you know, she said she didn't enjoy your time together. Now, is it that she's wanting to get back together with you because she realizes you're in a relationship? Well, that's not the best scenario, right? I think getting back with C could possibly be a mistake. And A is, you know, A sounds more mature and A is going to be like, you know, peace out. <laughs> you know, if you don't want to be with me, you're probably not going to get a chance to go out with A again. So what do you think? Yeah, this sounds to me like you make a purchase, you buy something, you're happy with it, you go home and somebody says, oh, well, I bought this and I like it too. And then you start to doubt yourself and you go, well, maybe I should have bought this. When in reality, you did the research and you did everything and you made the right decision. Mm -hmm. You you made the right call on dating. Uh, I'm getting my letters muddled here. Uh, a. A. You, you made the right decision in dating A and dumping C or breaking up with C or however it went. I think what happens now is C maybe didn't quite think things all the way through and started to look back on the relationship with the positives, not having an appreciation for what you have in a relationship is a pretty big issue. I mean, I understand that people get stressed out and things happen, but if you can't appreciate when there's some positivity in your life and there's a positivity in your relationship and that you're in a great relationship, that's kind of a problem. And I think what's going to happen is, is you're going to end up like C is what's going to happen. You're mm -hmm. going to go for leave A for C and you're going to realize that what you had with A was probably what you should have stuck with this whole time. It's a cyclical mm -hmm. thing. People put themselves in the cycle because other people put them there. And I think you got to be mm -hmm. the one to put your foot down and go, no, I'm happy where I'm at. Because it sounds like you are. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I mean, it sounds like you're happy where you are. And you don't want to get into that cycle of constantly doubting yourself, constantly thinking that you're missing out, constantly thinking that you've made the wrong decision because you haven't, you made the right call. Uh, and I think it's just a confidence thing. You're just not quite confident in your decision, but you have to be, because I mean, you, you've oddly enough, most people email in and they just don't quite make the right decisions. You've made the right decision. You're just now doubting that you did, but you did. So just stick with it just stick with a you know you could be friends with c if you really want to but keep some distance at least like 
you know, don't let her think that this could be, you know, romantic. If you want to be friends with her, so be it. You know, maybe keep her in her life as a friend. But I would keep your romantic interest with uh, yeah. A. Yeah, I would say that. I don't know if you can be friends with C. It sounds like there's too much stuff going on there. And, and again, think about the fact that you told her that you were with someone and she pushed it further. Yeah. So that shows you right there that she's not respecting that boundary. Now, you may have also not totally shut her down when she said that, too. But again, you said, I, let me read this again, that you said that um, you told her you were dating someone else. That should be end of story. That should be, okay, good talking with you. You know, let's keep in touch, blah, blah, blah. That should have probably been the end of the conversation. But when someone pushes like that and says, you know, you're the, you're the best relationship I've ever been in, that's kind of... I what's called idealizing and that's a red flag because when you have someone that tells you that you're the best thing ever in the entire world and no one can ever compare to you that feels really good but it also is kind of unrealistic too yeah so and again look at behavior not at what someone says and the behavior is is that she did not respect the boundary and she pushed mm -hmm. and yeah it may be that you had more of an exciting time with c but the other side of that is again issues with boundaries and you know this thing that attracts us to people is also sometimes a thing that can really bother us too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like the relationship you have with A is stable and giving that up sounds like, you know, again, if you get, if you give A up, A's gone. I don't think A was going to come. I don't think A's going to come back. She's got a young kid. She's probably not going to want to be interested in getting back together with you, especially, you know, she's also gone through the process of introducing you to her kid. That's a big deal. Mm. So I want you to think about this, that, you know, if you leave A, A is not coming back. And I think Kurt's right. If you're with C, you're going to realize probably that A was a more stable relationship. You're always probably going to have fear of missing out, but that's going to be throughout your life, right? So you go, eh, you know, fear of missing out, whatever. Yeah. You know, it sounds like like the relationship with A is much more stable and you sound happier. Yeah. I think it's just a case of, you know, people instilling doubt in you and you start to mm -hmm. think, oh gosh, like now you start to doubt yourself and everything. And don't do that. You've made the right decision to stick with it. So. Wait, you said this really got to me. So what she said to you about how no guy treated her as well as I did, no guy took her adventures like I did, no guy to care for her like I did, this really got to me. That's the point. The point is to get to you. Mm -hmm. It was not a respectful way of doing it. You know, like, oh, I want you to reconsider. Maybe, but to say, like, this is, you know, all the stuff that we did together and, you know, how you made me feel. And that's really not a fair way to communicate with somebody that's in a relationship. Cool. Well, that's it for this week. You can find Steph over at stephaniesarkis.com. Uh, you got Gaslighting, the book. You got the Talking Brains podcast. Got all the things. You got the Three Angry Nerds Empire. Yep. Yeah. Clueless, our oh. number one commentary of 2020. Which, which, this, which one? What? Clueless, the commentary. Oh, it is? Yeah, number one. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. That was fun. So if you ever want, if you, if you guys ever want to hear me talking about fashion with what, two, three guys that are like nice, <laughs> listen to the commentary. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. I thought it was hilarious because I'm like, this outfit was based on this. And you guys are like, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're very respectful, but you're also like, yeah, we're not there. <laughs> yeah. We we recognize our, our gaps in knowledge. <laughs> I'm like, this outfit, you know, and I'm like talking about like, this is a an outfit for, from, you know, this, this, you know, designer. And you guys are like, yeah, that's fabulous. Okay. Anyways. So anyways. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was. And And now you can probably quote all the designers in the clothes, see? And you're better off for it. You can go buy (laughs) some replicas off of, uh, I don't know, like Amazon or something. Right. Live your best life. Cool. (laughs) Um, Oh, and then we had a fun one too, right? When when did that get posted? That should be posted soon. Yeah. Because that's right. Oh, what's that? Live and let pod? What's yeah, the name of that one? Living okay. My Pod, yeah. Where I picked all the worst James Bond movies out of the list to review. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It happens. That's what happens when you show up late to the party. Yeah. There's only so many spaces available for commentary. True. Okay. Um, so make some popcorn, guys, and just listen to some commentary. Have yeah. a good time. Yeah, for sure. And take extra good care of yourself because things are pretty wacky right now. Yeah, they are. So. And vote. And vote, vote, vote. Yeah, well, yeah, vote in the States. Don't vote in Canada. There's nothing to vote for. Yeah, when is your next election? Like your... I don't know. It's whenever they want to. Oh, like Prime Minister isn't a set period of time? No, they just... Basically, oh. the opposition put, puts it to a vote, and if the vote passes, they go to an election. Oh, interesting. So you don't have term limits on Prime Minister's. No, there was like one time huh. we had like four elections in two years or something like that. It was pretty crazy. Was that in the last like 20 years or so? Yeah. Okay. And then, then Trudeau's, his father was in office a long time, right? Wasn't he prime minister or was he another Yeah, he was, in, he was in there for a while. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. See, everybody learned some governmental stuff too. Yeah. Well, all the things this podcast gives you. It's, it's beautiful. It is. It really is. Okay. Well, everybody. Until next time. Bye. Bye.